Well, hello, folks all over the place. We are here today to do another show for y'all. Yes, we are. Yes, and it's been a lot going on. Um, by the time we did our, our pride and politics, which people did enjoy, um, just more stuff is just happening. The world is just crazy today. But anyway, how are you, Nick? I'm doing good. Uh, just a little hot. Yeah. Hot as hell over here. How are you, Victor? I'm good. I just got back from Palm Springs. Um, I I was trying not to be fast, but I think I failed at that. But that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. We all have our moments. We all, you know, we do our do our business and all that good stuff. But because we grown. Yes, because we're grown, and sometimes you need to be you need to do grown folks stuff. So, um, yes, if anybody ever you know want to go to Palm Springs, you should go. And it's hot there. In many ways to one. But anyway, that's, you know, it's not even about me. This is about Megasheen, and we got some stuff to talk about this week. So we're going to talk about several different things, like what's been going on in the comic world. Um, we'll talk about some games. Overwatch is taking over the world right now. Everybody's, like, caught up in it, and I'm just like, I don't know what that is. But Nick is going to really get into it with with all of y'all. And then we're going to get into some drag. We're going to go into the history of drag, like, you know, things that I've seen back in my time and how Nick is seeing so many of the new stuff and is, uh, is very activated as well. Oh, yes, yes. I got a lot of tea to spill. Yes, I can't wait to hear it because I, I love business. I love gossip and trash. <laughs> So we got a lot today. So we're going to get into Aunt May's tea. And we're going to talk about, um, and I still haven't got my issue yet, but I've heard a lot about it, Black Panther issue. Yes. So uh, Black Panther, the uh, comic by Tanahashi Coates, uh, released issue three, uh, released on June the 30th. Uh, I haven't yet picked it up, but I got the first two, and it is really, really good. Um, The artwork is amazing. The storyline is really good. You know, I don't... This is one of my first times ever actually reading a comic book Mm -hmm. in, like, forever. Um, So I picked it up because I liked Black Panther, um, and I liked what uh, I was shown in Civil War. Um, But I... Definitely will pick it up probably like a Friday and get it read. Uh, but it is, I'm so proud to have Tanahashi Coates do Black Panther justice. Yeah. And I, and what I've been seeing in the past two have been really good. And I'm so excited to see where we're going to go with T'Challa and everything else. And I kind of wish that, you know, that we, that, we kind of had, you know, uh, kind of had some of this back when he was with Storm. May have been a different situation and story, you know, if Tahashi was writing it then. So I, you know, it's interesting to see where we're going with the storyline. Um, I also know that he's been really kicking ass in Ultimates, Black Panther. Black Panther. So uh-huh. it's been so much going on with him, and I, and I. I'm excited because it's getting me more excited about the movie that's coming. Yes, yes, yes. And I'm just like, okay, so I hope some of this will, you know, hope some of this story will kind of get into the movie, some of it. Um, I think it would be very interesting to see that, as well as seeing some 
um, special shirtless scenes of, you know. But, um, you know, <laughs> I think everybody would be happy to see that. I want to see that, like, you know, you know, he's sweating, he's been, or he's working out, you know, so just something. But anyway, that's... Gonna the, throw in an ass shot, I mean, that's, if we really want to be serious about it. You know, everybody. And then we we have Michael Bay, you know, Jordan up in there, too. So, you know, you know just... You know, just give us what we need to see. Right, give the people good. what they want. And that's what we want. <laughs> that's what we want. But, <laughs> but anyway, the comic, the comic is what we're looking forward to. And that's, I, I need to go get my copy. So I'm going to get my copy today. Um, because I, I need to get caught up. Because I didn't go in last week. So I need to go and get my stuff today. All right. What else in Mace T that we have to spill? Lord, were well, they still trying to pedal out that damn mad versus sad? They have released the the five hour whatever edition, the ultimate edition, and I'm like, girl, ain't nobody. We ain't trying to see. We didn't want to see the two and a half hour. We don't want to see no five ass hours, of, Superman running around here looking like Eeyore and what you call it, acting like some mad frat boy that didn't get the girl. I ain't got time for this. I they they keep saying that this is more of the story. You can see, more, and I'm just like. No, you should have done more of what you had. You had two and a half hours. You didn't give us nothing in. I don't want four hours of the same foolishness. So apparently, there's a scene of uh, Ben Affleck. Uh, you see his ass, but I'm like, well, I mean, I could, I could have had a V8, honestly. Yeah, we could see that in Gone Girl. So yeah, honestly, but. They could have kept that. Did they even make any money? They they did make some money, um, but not as much as they would like. So they, I think it's, it's, there's a still there's a some sense of a loss still because this movie did not do what they hoped. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what this big version is supposed to do. I, I think they're trying to you know clean up from DVD sales, but DVDs ain't really happening that much either. So I don't know what they're really trying to do here. But you know. I get it. They were they were trying to they were trying to win. They're still trying they to win. They waste people's time. That's what I know they they're becoming the Bernie Sanders of superhero movies right now. You lost, <laughs> but you're still trying to you're still trying to keep it going. So I was like, okay, well, y'all keep that. Y'all just keep that. But no, I some people say they liked it. Uh, I don't think I need to see it. Um, and you know there was some there's some bootleg copies out here. In the, in the hood right now and I was like no I'm good I don't need that because they offered I was going in to um, Target and this guy's out here selling and I was like you know what I'm good I don't he said and he was like two dollars I'm like not even for two dollars so <laughs> you can keep that to yourself See, so nice. but oh the I think the biggest thing to really talk about is um, what's happened over there and with Iron Man because to, oh, yeah. you know, today, you know, they, they just dropped that he has a new, it's going to be a new Iron Man. It's a teenage black girl, or a teenage black woman. I said she's 15, so she's a woman. Um, she's 15. Her name is Riri. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, all right, Riri. Um, she looks beautiful. She has this nice fro. Uh, and she's dark skinned. Yeah, she's dark skinned too. And I love that. And I love the fact that if Marvel do, do put her in the movie, she will be dark-skinned. She will not be bright, like some other studios do. Um, but I thought it was very interesting to see that. She's, uh, she's very intelligent. 
Um, she's super smart. She's at MIT, and I think Tony was very, you know, impressed with her and, and told her that he wanted her to take on the role. And I and I was like, okay, I I, I, I like that. But then, you know, sometimes when you you see all the good stuff, all of a sudden when it seeps down, you kind of realize, well, there's some issues. So right. I'm I'm going to, and, you know, you chime in with your issues too, but some of my issues were, you know, is she trying to replace, you know, Rhodey because Rhodey's dead? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, who, people who may not know, this is War Machine. War Machine was killed in Civil War Two. Spoiler alert. Yeah, well, now you know if you don't know. <laughs> um, but, um, and so she's coming in and, you know, she's super smart and she's at Tony's level in some ways or above his level. Um, and they're bringing her in. But I, I'm just wary because I feel like are they gonna bring her in? Are, are they gonna really use her? Is she gonna really have the role for a while? Is it just for a year? Um, so that's some of the things. But I'm also really concerned about who's writing her. That that was my big issue. Yeah, I said apparently the person who's writing her is white, um, white male, mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, yay for representation in one point but you have a white guy telling a story from a black a young black woman's point of view what on god's green earth do you know about being a young black woman yes and then as we get you know we get deep into this team we realize that there has not been a black woman writer on marvel's team or even dc's team and so I was like, wait, and you know, you know, it's interesting because you, when you break it down, black women have, it's interesting how black women have not been in so many different phases of pop culture. Like you think about, um, like you remember Saturday Night Live didn't have a black woman for many years. Yeah. It's been like maybe two before they added Leslie and the other woman, um, I think it was like one or two within like 30 years. Um we don't have a lot of black women who are directing big name films until Ava really, you know, showed up. And to, and there's not been a lot of black women who are, who are artists and illustrators and editors in the mainstream. Now, in some of the indies, there are black women who are writing and doing great work. I mean, a lot of great, awesome work. There's a lot of black women who are really drawing the hell out of characters all over the place. Yep. Check it out. Check it out on Tumblr. And everything else with some of these artists. Um, there's one, and I, and her name, I think it's, I'm saying her name wrong, but it's Afusha. I think it's Afusha, but I'm saying it wrong. She's like one black female artist that I know who's drawing for Marvel. But we don't really hear a lot about that. And then to know that there has not been a black female writer, a black woman writer, is, is shocking to me. It's just like these women, these women of color are so talented. And you need to give them a chance, regardless. Like, it just seems like if you have diversity in your writers, then they are, they're able to tell diverse stories. Then mm-hmm. that trickles down to your profit. And that's what actually matters. These mm-hmm. Marvel and DC, these are businesses. And at the end of the day, if your business is not making money, then you need to... Uh, do something about it. Yeah. That yeah. I, it just doesn't make sense to me that these people are not understanding that diversity equals profits. Yeah, and that's what I'm I 
I, I don't get that. And, you know, I, I was reading what um, Bendis had to say about why he created the character, and I was like, well, that's great and all, but I still want to hear from a black, woman, a black woman perspective. I still want her to be that voice. I still want um, a black woman's foot in it. <laughs> you know, I want right. that in there. And I hope this is something that Marvel takes heed, because I know we we stormed social media today talking about that Um Thank you for Jamie and Black Girl Nerds for really kind of leading that charge, talking about black women being in this industry as well as writing in this industry. And I think that that's something that we do need to have. Um, and, you know, and they, they can't say they can't find them because they're all over the, the indie scene. So they need right. to go over there and get them. There's too many black women out here who are creating wonderful stories and wonderful art. Um, that should be a part of this. So if they, you know, if anything, I mean, black men have shaped comics and have been writing comics for years, and we know that. Either you think about all, you know, some of the great characters and things written and created by black men, um, like from Dwayne McDuffie and all that, but we just don't have black women we can turn to that say, like, look what, you know, she did or what have you, or the characters she created. We don't have that. I think it's time for that to change. Yes. Uh, definitely agree. Because another upset that popped up was um, there's an article and um, which was interesting that um, a black no, it's a white man. He is he wrote. Let me see if I can get it, get his name. But he wrote um, something about slavery mixing in with um, sci-fi. Oh, I saw that. I I was read it real quick and I was like, okay, never mind. I'll, not today. And I saw it. Um, his name is Ben Winters, and it's called Underground Airlines or something like that. And I was like, okay, so now he's getting all this praise from New York Times, and I heard this, like, it's been optioned for a series. And I'm like, but Octavia Butler's been doing stuff like this from the gate for many years, and where's her stuff? Right. Where's her praise from the New York Times? <laughs> and I'm like, where's all this? But this white man, Mr. Ben did this and I was like this is what I'm talking about this is why and maybe this is why a lot of the black writers have are discouraged it's because they see something like this and it's like you know it's like you yeah. know what I'm gonna do and then I'm getting a little bit tired of create our own stuff too cause you know we always hear like, why we create our own stuff and I'm like I want y'all to stop and think about that when you say create our own because when we when you're saying to create our own, you're you're assuming we have the same resources and the same access yeah. as as a Marvel, as Image, as Wildstorm, or you know as a uh, Vertigo or whatever. Like you are you are assuming we have that same access, and we do not. So yeah, we create our own. I created my own, but I don't have the access to get it published right away. I don't have the access to do all that marketing, that's something that I have to do. So I don't have the resources like Marvel has to set that up and to work really well. Yeah, it's, people just wear the shit out of me with that bullshit. Yeah. But you know what? I mean, that's, that's I mean, that's them and, and that's what they believe, that's what they believe. But I still believe that we have to voice what we need and what we want to see. And what we want is to have more women of color in the industry, writing, editing, creating the stories um, that we that we want to see, and not again, and not only just with 
you know, black women, but again, women of color, queers of color, all of us in there really doing things. But I really think because we haven't seen a lot of women in there, they should be doing this. They should, the door should be opening to them first. Right. Okay. So that's all the tea and Aunt May's tea, tea yeah, that we want to spill today. Yes. I am tired uh, from this tea already. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to get into the king size issue of today's podcast. And we're going to talk about drag. Yes. And all things drag. So drag is defined by Webster as clothing typical of one sex worn by a person of the opposite sex. So drag is not something that's just brand new that jumped on the scene like 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Drag is actually is ancient. It was in ancient Greece. It was in Shakespeare where the women couldn't perform. So the feminine looking man did the uh, women's roles. It's in Kabuki. And it's still in Kabuki today. Mm-hmm. So drag is this ancient type of art form. Yeah. And it takes a lot of today's drag, a lot of talent. Well, depending on what you call talent. <laughs> yes. Uh, a lot of a lot of ingenuity. It's real it's really creative too. So when was your first drag show? Do you remember? Yes, I do. My first drag show was in Paducah, Kentucky. <laughs> it was at, um, at the time it was called DV8. That was the name of it. It's gone through many names, but they don't even have it anymore there, which I'm kind of sad. But they, um, I went there and I saw someone do Walking on Broken Glass by Annie Lennox. Mm-hmm. And this heifer had on, she was male, she was magnificent. I never can say her name. Maleficent. <laughs> she did it as the, she did it as her, and uh-huh. I loved it. And I was and I was feeling it, and I, it then I remember I was watching more. That was the first that was the first performance I saw. That I saw others. Now in Kentucky in the South, now a lot of the queens were doing country. Um, a lot of country, a lot of Tina, a lot of Patty. So that's what we got. We got a lot of country, which I didn't mind. I enjoy, I enjoy country. I, I'm a secret country song person. So they gave us a lot of Reba. They gave us a lot of um, Dolly and Loretta. And um, there was another song, and I cannot re- I can't remember the name of the artist, but there was a song called Take It Like a Man. It was a country song. And I love this country song, but this, the same drag queen that did uh, Walking on Broken Glass did this, and it was just phenomenal. I was feeling the song. And I got up and I gave her two dollars. I was like, "This, I said, you better do this song. You better do it." And I, it, it was just something that was just amazing to me because it was like fun. Because I think in a lot of ways, a lot of us, we grew up doing that. You know, like we grew oh, yeah. up. Like I remember, you know, standing outside, uh, you know, in my grandma's backyard where she would have um, the clothes on the clothesline, and I would take a take the, the blankets and like stand, at, stand there as the wind blowing through it thinking I'm Stevie Nicks <laughs> in the stand back video so I think we've all done some version you know of something like that in our homes and I think it's you know you think about it we've always done I think we've done drag in some form of fashion where putting a towel on our head or, some, or your aunt's wig on something you did some form of drag in your, in your time I don't know, what about you? What was the first time you saw 
I saw drag was actually at EKU. Mm-hmm. First time I saw it with my own eyes, I was at EKU. Yeah. And I was invited to a drag show. I didn't really want to go because I was like, what, dudes in dresses? What, what the fuck are they doing? So I was like, okay, so this guy invited me, and he was actually performing in it. I was like, okay, well, there's that. And over the years, I kind of grew to like it. I mean, I've even done drag a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same guy that invited me to the drag show became my partner. Um, and he still does drag. Mm-hmm. I think he's been doing it for like 14 years or something wow. like that. Um, and it's just something that I never thought that I would like. Mm-hmm. It's so creative. It's like so right side brain and I'm more left side. I'm more analytical. Yeah. You know, black and white. And it's just really different. Um, so in today's, I guess, modern drag scene, uh, it's well, drag itself has been more prevalent in because of RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah. And I remember when the show, the very first, well, even not before the very first season, when we got word that a drag show competition was coming on. Yeah. On the TV, and we were like, "Oh my gosh, this is this is revolutionary. We've never seen anything like this before. There's not been any kind of drag show." And so when it came on, I mean, we were there first show first episode and up till now we're, we're still there uh so what are your some of your thoughts about the the show rupaul's drag race i you know i i when it first came on i i did watch the first two seasons and i thought it was cool that was cute um and I, you know, I, I, my heart used to go out to it because it was at its beginning stages. It was so, right. And like they give away prizes. I'm like, who wants a whole bunch of hair ties? But um, they, they, you know, they they got bigger and bigger and bigger. But I think, for me, it got to a point where I felt like. I was like, are, are they doing drag? Because I was like, this is not the drag that I grew up with, and I know that, it drag, should change. It should always evolve. But it just, I just, I just kind of lost. I kind of lost a feeling for it, and I think um, I, 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 I watch every once in a while. But I don't know what the ultimate goal at the end of the day is for them. You know, uh-huh. once they win, they get to travel and do all these things. But what is the ultimate goal? So it made me kind of like, okay, I, I get this, but I don't get it. But I applaud it. I mean, I'm not gonna shade it. I mean, I think it's great for people who are making careers from it i just i just want to make sure that they understand what they're getting into and are they prepared for this fame that's another thing i got worried about because some of the girls didn't seem like they were they were ready for it um or understood what that fame meant so i was a little concerned because you know there was some that were having issues and going through some things um i know like with tyra tyra you know some issues that she had with the law, whatever was coming public, and some, you know, was that, you know, trying to handle that life as well as being a father, 
too. Yep. So that was the things I was worrying about. But you know, and, and I can't fault RuPaul Drag Race because I think in a lot of ways it opened the world to what drag really is. But it also kind of you know show us show the public you know some some of the down points too because you know they, some of these girls had hard lives, yes. and that was something that was kind of hard to like wow you know like this is what they do to just escape and i and i want i didn't want that to be misinterpreted to the public i I guess i was being protective of the girls in some weird way so Uh i don't want people to kind of exploit that i I know that it's tough for some of these girls i knew people who did it you know so therefore i knew it was a tough life but i didn't want that to be something they peddle out to the world like oh i feel sorry for them because they have a heart like i didn't want that that to be how they viewed them as like oh we have to feel sorry for them that's not the case right we're supposed to right. celebrate them so that i in all i have like a real a weird mixed review of it but in, in all i mm-hmm. praise it if that makes any sense yeah i'm pretty much the same because now it seems that a lot of the young kids or the young queens think that in order to be successful then you have to be on the show Mm-hmm. And in order to be a good drag queen, then you have to have this certain look, mm-hmm. you know, like you have to be ultra feminine and then that's it. That's the only look. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, somebody like Bianca Del Rio that won season six, mm-hmm. she wasn't a pageant queen. She wasn't all about her looks, but mm-hmm. she had a look, mm-hmm. you know, she was a comedy queen and a lot of people think that, oh, in order to be a drag queen, you have to look a certain way, you have to do a certain number of songs, mm-hmm. you have to do this, that, and then that's it. You know, drag can be so totally different. I mean, look at um, some of the queens like Milk or some uh, like, uh, let's see, Pandora Box. Mm-hmm. They're different. And that's what I appreciate about drag queens, or like Sharon Needles. Yeah, she was uh, the quote unquote spooky Holly, uh, the Holly uh, Halloween queen. Yeah. Um, so it was just I'm, I like that in that sense, but at the same time, a lot of these girls who don't want necessarily want to be on RuPaul's Drag Race are automatically saying are automatically put into a category where their drag is not looked upon as a high level where mm-hmm. they've been doing this for 10, 20, 30 years. You know, mm-hmm. dra- RuPaul's Drag Race is not the end-all, be-all of a drag career. There are so many things that a queen can do. Like, for instance, pageants. Mm-hmm. A lot of these pageants, a lot of the girls that were on Drag Race did did pageants and continually do pageants. Like, for instance... Uh, just uh, I think about a month ago, Alexis Mateo, she was on season three. She won a pageant, a big pageant here. Um, I think it was in Ohio. I forgot which one it was. Uh, India Farah, she was on cycle, well, season two. She was the first winner of the All-American Goddess pageant system. So these pageant, when I say pageant, think these pageants uh, like Miss America or Miss Universe. Mm-hmm. If you have ever been to a real upscale drag queen pageant, 
that you know exactly what I'm talking about. These girls can't come not to play. They yeah. have, I would say, minimum five to $15,000 worth of costumes, hair done out the wazoo, and you know these girls came to slay. Yeah. And and, and I had, I went to one, I went to, I think I went to Miss Kentucky, something, I went to a Kentucky one many years ago. Um, where it was serious, and the funny thing was, it was, I think four, but that it was only four of them, but that was like a three hour long event. And but they were so serious, and I loved it. I love that they took it seriously because I was so new to it. So therefore, I was like, wow, this is not a joke. This is really real. And I do like the fact, as what you were saying, like I do like the fact that a lot of these, a lot of these girls are famous in their in their areas. I think that is totally fine. Like, you don't need to go on RuPaul to be famous. You can be famous. Like, um, Lady Chablis, she ain't, I mean, she was drag before drag was drag, you know, mm-hmm. and has done well in Savannah, you know. Hell, had a, in a movie, and got a book, she's in a book, you know, Midnight of Garden, Good and Evil. Yeah, and I actually of, met her a yeah. few years ago. And I met her way back when I used to work in Statesboro. So I feel like that, you know, she's famous and she's like, why would I leave? This is this is me all the way. I am Savannah. Savannah is me. And right. um, so, you know, I, I think the girls can do, you know, just wonderful work where they are, you know. And okay. so I, I want them to think they have to do all these things um, to do that or look like demonic mannequins. Because I feel like sometimes some of these drag queens just like, okay, like... Like, you know, some of them like a little out there. I'm like, okay, some of y'all scaring me to look at. But, you know, I, I but it works in so many different ways. So I applaud all of them. I love, I love the dramatics of it. I love the drama, the craziness. Um, but I still love my old school Reba McIntyre, you know, fancy drag, big wigs, you know. Right. Big gowns to come, you know, saying, if you're looking at me, you're looking at country. That, you know, that's my old... Stuff or the Patty, the Patty LaBelle drags. I love the Patty uh-huh. LaBelle drags. I think the one of the best drag I ever saw, I'll never forget this, was in Macon, Georgia. And it was a pageant. It was a pageant in Macon, Georgia. <laughs> and um, the one, I can't remember her name, but she won by doing um, Melba Moore's Lean On Me. Now, the song is originally done by um, Aretha Franklin, mm-hmm. which is also dramatic. That song, the song is dramatic. That song, oh, that song puts me through it. Yeah. And I've never heard the song before. So, you know, I was sitting there and I was like, okay, this song is, you know, really smooth. I like it. You know, lean on me. But then when Melba hits that note. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel it every time. Like, I remember I teared up because it, to me, these, it, there's certain types of drag songs that just invokes so much passion and, and emotion. And for those who's never heard of the song, Lean On Me by Melba Moore, it's on her free album. No, this is It album, which I have yeah. talked about. It's the most gayest album, one of the most gayest albums ever. Um, it is just, um, it's it's just very emotional. Like I, I tear up every time I think about it because that song is talking about, you know, Dream the Impossible with all your heart, but if you know, if you feel like your dreams are falling apart, lean on me. And that's a perfect song that you think about your friends and your and your drag family, your gay family, you know, that's what that 
that's what it means to me, and I saw it with my gay family. So therefore, it was like, you know, it, that's, this song is about, you know, us. When it gets rough, you lean on us. That's what we're there for. And so I saw that performance, and I was like, that that's what I came here for. And I think good drag can be a good comedy sketch, can be a good look, but it also has to be the good song and how you convey that song. You know, yeah. you pull it like Patty's songs are the, to me the best drag songs to do because she gives you emotion in every song. And if you know how to convey it, you get it. Um, oh, Lord, we can go down the list. Taylor Dane, even some Taylor Dane. Taylor Dane is good to do drag if you know how to do it right. Yeah. Um, Annie Lennox, Tina Turner, some of the 80s girls are the best ones to do. Um, 70s, too. You have to find some good ones. Um, it was weird to oh, see. You know, if you know how to do "Loving Is Really My Game" by um, Oh, why am I blanking out? Uh, oh seen, my God, what are their names? I know who you're talking about because because there's there's a few versions, but there's like a real good one, and they also did it in Noah's Ark. They, yes, the 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 definitive disco version yeah. of "Loving Is Really My Game." Yeah. So yeah, okay. but go ahead. I I. I don't know. I just feel like you have to find the right song. You have to find the right song, and once you find the right song, it 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 just makes the it makes drag so much better. Yeah, it, you have you just have to have a presence about you. Yeah. A lot of the queens that I enjoy seeing around here know how to command a stage. That the name of the group is Brainstorm, by the way. But yeah. That's really my game. Um, if you have a presence about you no matter what song you're doing you can do a dance song you can do a strong a power ballad anything you just have to have a command about you and mm-hmm. a lot of the girls that i know down here have that presence yeah um i think one of the first my the biggest pageant i saw was the uh, All American Goddess the first time they had it when India Fair won, mm-hmm. uh, and it was down here in Kentucky, and it was brand new and people from all over came to see it. Uh, I think there were a couple from New York, so it was a pretty big pageant, and you know those girls came out ready to go. Uh, but I think to a lot of gay people drag queens are like our superheroes mm-hmm. because they you know RuPaul always says it it takes a lot of guts to go out put on a throw on some heels and command respect out there in these streets because you know a lot of places you give you those weird looks you know they'll make snide comments but what can you do you can't really do anything so I Especially to me, I have the utmost respect for anybody who does drag, anybody who goes out in public and drag, and anybody who says, you know, I'm different, and I'm going to throw on five pairs of pantyhose, tuck my dick between myself, and give you a quick uh, spin and a twirl. Yeah. Also... Another side of drag is the charity work. You know, we always talk about, we've been mm-hmm. talking about pageants and whatnot. Well, there's another side. Um, and a lot of the people that I know 
are in with the what is called the international court system mm-hmm. now the international imperial court system is the oldest and second largest lgbt community group mm-hmm. it was founded in 1969 by jose saria aka the widow norton and san francisco mm. so the court system is uh, is modeled after the old England's monarch system. Mm-hmm. So, say for instance, a specific court has an empress and an emperor, mm-hmm. and they have their line, and the the empress has her line, and the emperor has his kind of line. So it's basically a big royal family, mm-hmm. and each year they have what's called a coronation, and each uh, court system does it different, where they crown a new emperor and a new empress. Sometimes they don't crown an emperor or sometimes they don't crown an empress. In that case, uh, if one, say an empress is running and not an emperor is running, then they'll just crown the empress. Or if an empress is running and an emperor is not running, they'll just maybe appoint somebody if need be. Mm -hmm. There are over like maybe 80 court systems in the United States, Mexico, and Canada, uh, San Francisco being the oldest and one of the largest ones. Uh, New York has a very large court. San Diego, Seattle. So uh, Kentucky has uh, a very large court. Uh, we just actually had our coronation last month. So the past empress stepped down, and she actually rang alone. So we uh, crowned an emperor, a new empress, and we had a new emperor as well. So they do a lot of charity work within the, uh, actually throughout the United States, Canada, and Mexico. Um, but have you ever been in contact or actually went to a charity drag show that you knew was a part of the uh, court systems? I, you know, I, I don't know if, if I knew they were a part of the court systems, but I have been to charity shows. Some of them were, some were for, you know, HIV and AIDS work. Um, some were for the elderly, the LGBT elderly, um, where they would do special, you know, they would bring out some of the, the drag queens from the past. Um, or when they used to do drag way back, bring some of those out. But I didn't know that there was a court system. Like to know about all this history is just amazing. That drag is more than just you know, Paris is burning. Drag is more than RuPaul. It's 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 so much history, um, yes. that and it's so organized and 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 stacked in the sense that it's not just this one sided thing. It's it's deeper and and has roots. So I mean, this is neat to hear this history and to know. This is something that is ongoing, and it does get back to the community. Because, you know, you think about it, a lot of these, like, you know, you think of some of the houses, um, or the drag mothers, and a lot of this is, this is the escape for a lot of them who don't have families or don't have homes. This is their chance to kind of live out their dreams and kind of do a lot of things. Um, right. In a, in a family sense, you know. So I, it's nice to know that there is charities that support this, that support the families, that support 
you know, drag in a sense of, you know, creating community and supporting community. So, now this is great to hear. I didn't even know this. I think I have to Google all this now. <laughs> I... Yeah, it is like just one big family, especially during coronation. I mean, you get to see some of the people from other courts come in, and it, it is. It's just like one big family reunion. You get to have drinks, you know, talk about what everybody else is doing in the other courts. And it's, it's very... I always really look forward to coronation, yeah. even though it is sometimes crazy. Like you get, if you are in it, helping out, helping out, like you start on let's say Thursday and you go until Sunday, maybe even Monday, and you're like, my God, that weekend just flew by. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the court, the international court system does a lot of really good work, and if you want to get a be a part of it um contact me and i'll try to get you in contact with uh the emperor the monarchs of wherever you are if you have a court near you yes wow i guess the monarchy, the monarchy all this i guess i just did not know i did not have an idea <laughs> that, that it was this big and that's fabulous i love it i love that it is bigger than life because it should be i mean it's drag it should be bigger than life it, it should be yeah. it should be a palace <laughs> like it <Yes>. should be <laughs> you know it's it's almost like how like you know like in oz there is the good witch of the north good witch of the south there's you know different levels of who has the power and all that so that's really neat i'm gonna have to google this y'all should google this too so this is a, a pretty good lesson though we're scratching the surface of drag but there's a lot to get into oh, with this. yeah yes Drag has a lot of deep roots within our community, and you know, if you want to be support, if you don't want to, you know, do charity work or whatever, just go out to your local bars and support yeah. those girls. Because you know, it is hard as hell when you are bucking the house down and you only get a couple of dollars, yeah. and you wondering what you gonna eat, and you wonder yeah. how you gonna pay for all this drag. Cause drag is not a cheap sport. It's, I, I believe that. And and as you were saying, it is it's also very important to our communities of color. You know, drag is big in our communities of color. So, yeah, y'all go out here and support. I do when I'm out, when I see good drag. Even when I see bad drag, I support. Because I'm like, you're trying. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I did drag. Actually, I did drag once. I did it for Rocky Horror. I used to host Rocky Horror Picture Show. In my college, and I did it one year. The first year I did it, um, my name is Xavier St. James, and I did um, I'm Beautiful, Damn It. I remember that's the first song I did. Another, then the next year, I did No Frills Love by um, Jennifer Holiday, and uh-huh. then, the, then the last time I ever did it back in 2000, 2000 was the last time I did it, um, was. I did um I'm leaving by Lisa Stansfield. And I think the, the go, first time oh, I actually the first time I did drag it was a pageant. Mm-hmm. It was one of these local charity pageants and it was for uh the first time you're ever in drag. Yeah. So you would present yourself as a boy, have an hour, and then you would do a talent. So I was like, uh, you know what? I'll do it. I'll do it. So me and a couple of girls, we know we we did uh, that Beyonce song, uh, Green Light. Mm-hmm. We did a little dance to it, and I got uh, what 
first runner-up, something like that. I should have won, but you know, <laughs> say my thing. I won't be too bitter about that. But yeah, drag is drag is fun. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into Porter's Pixel Picks. Let's talk about... say that three times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the game that I have been crazy obsessed over, and I don't even know why, because I'm I don't like first person shooters, is Overwatch. Uh, so Overwatch is by uh, Blizzard Entertainment. Mm-hmm. There they do um, responsible for Diablo and well, Warcraft. And it's basically a shooter. You're on a team of six, and you have different abilities as far as uh, which shooter is best assigned to which role. And it's really a really fun game to play, especially if you're on a team of like six friends or whatever. Um, I'll have a review up here in the next few days or so, but... uh, if anybody wants to play, um, you can. I'm only on the PlayStation Four. My handle is Order for Life. That is for the number four, and Life L Y F. If you want to link up and play. Also, uh, Bioshock the Collection. Uh, if you remember, Bioshock came out a few years ago. Uh, for the PS3, and it is tells the story of a person that finds this underwater city called Rapture, and Rapture is uh, their leader is Andrew Ryan. If if you've played the game, you already know it's an amazing game. So the collection has Bioshock One, Two, Three. It has the DLC for Three, both uh, episodes. Good news, it doesn't have the multiplayer for two because that was kind of lame. It does have the other DLC as far as Minerva's Den and the other one. That's going to be released on September 13th. And the Batman Collection, one more piece of information, the Batman Collection by Rocksteady uh, Mm -hmm. is actually delayed. So that collection including Arkham Asylum, and Arkham City. It won't Lord. include that other one that was blah. <laughs> well, I hope the girls don't get upset and, you know, send death threats and all that stuff because you know how they all get. You know how those these, kids are. Get about these games. And then I've heard about Overwatch is like, everybody's been doing Overwatch like crazy. When I was at Palm Springs, somebody was talking about some Overwatch and didn't come out of his, he stayed in his room. He brought, I, I didn't know it was, a, it's a system, right? He brought something over there and he was playing it. I was like, okay, we all out in the pool, but you, okay. He could have stayed home. I was I'm saying, you pay all this money to come out here and you're going to be, well, teach his own. He was a gamer and, and, and I appreciate that. But I was like, I wouldn't come all the way out here in this resort and you're going to sit up in there and play these video games. But I was like, okay. But no, I feel like a lot of people are really, all I've seen is people talk about Overwatch and how exciting it is. I mean, even some people who didn't like the whole shooter, that, that you know, being, was it a first-person shooter? They, they wasn't really yeah. fans of it, but they kind of got into it. I think what, I'll, but what kind of brings it down for me is, you know, people being racist and homophobic on these games. Oh, they quick to call you a nigga or a faggot. I was oh, like, okay. Okay, all right. You can't fight me. 
I know you can do all that, but you know, <laughs> let's take it out in the real streets. Right. <laughs> See what really happens. But no, that sounds pretty good. So I hope y'all get into these games. I mean, one day I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna try. If they made Jam and the Holograms a game, I'll be right there, ready to play. Speaking of Jam and the Holograms, so I'm turning on my TV. Yes, they are on HBO. What pops up on HBO at 8 o'clock? Yep, it's on. I said, not my lord. (laughs) I looked at half of it last night, and I was like, this is, I said, this is, I was like, okay, this is why you failed. That's all I can say. This is why you failed. (laughs) I'm still mad. How you go? Making Rio the owner when he was only the boyfriend. He that he, that was his role. He was the boyfriend. How did he become the owner? I don't know. Who knows? When you give men, when you give men who are not true fans or something. But you know, I'm gonna take that back because the writer is gay. The writer is a male who was gay, and I'm. I looked at him when I saw because he was at the at the showing. We were. The, we were that we were at, and I looked at him the whole time. Like I said, you betrayed us. You betrayed us. Any self-respecting gay man would have gave us the gem we deserve. But that's that's a whole nother story. All right, people. Well, we got we got well yeah we got a prayer list. You know I'm gonna put jam on the prayer list because you know we need to still pray over that mess and hope that within another maybe ten years we'll get the right version. You know what? I'm good. I, you know, they, they screwed it up, and I have the box set, so whenever <laughs> I feel like staying along, yeah. I can go to my box set. Yeah, we can, we, we can, yeah, I can go to my box set and just be like, okay, just let's just let's see my favorite episodes. Let's see my songs, Universal Appeal, and we can make a difference. Let, you know, let me just, <laughs> I'll just stick to the original. Right. <laughs> Do you have anybody else on your prayer list? Um, oh, I... The family of Anton Sterling, um, knowing that he was killed by police, he was killed by being black, killed for being black. Um, so he was killed this um, the other day in Baton Rouge. Um, he was selling CD, CDs. He was he had a gun with him, but it's a it's an open carry area, and it's funny how we look at this like it's you know. It's, it's, I guess that law is for white folks. You know, they can bear all the arms they want, walk up to Walmart, walk around the street. You say, you've seen the pictures of them walking around everywhere with their guns, but the minute uh-huh. we do it. Yeah, it's it. funny how the Second Amendment <laughs> applies to everybody except Us. black people, women, <laughs> yeah, Muslims. You know, the list goes on and on. Yeah. So, yeah. That I I put that family on the prayer list. Who you have on yours? I have two people, well, two groups. The w- first one is Cinemark. Now, <laughs> Cinemark, I have them on the list for this reason. They are the uh, movie theater, I guess, owners or business mm-hmm. that when the Aurora shooting. Uh, incident happened where a number of people were murdered. They are asking the survivors of this mass murder to pay their legal fees in the amounts of up to $700,000. And I'm like, how do you fix your mouth to ask these people 
to pay your legal fees. Now, mind you, $700,000 is 0.0002% of this company's revenue. Yeah. I was like, that's a hearty fuck you to Cinemark. And I hope you have a third quarter loss. Yeah, I don't know why they... Okay. Stupid. I can't can't even talk talk about them right now. Someone let's let that go. (laughs) Goodness. And the second group of folks I have on my list are all the dumbasses who signed a petition to get Jesse Williams fired from Grey's Anatomy. (laughs) Good luck. What you dumbasses don't realize is Shonda Rhimes owns Grey's Anatomy and How to Get Away with Murder and Scandal. Basically, and Thursday night. <laughs> right. She owns Thursday night. So go ahead. Let let ABC fire Jesse Williams. Sean Underwood is going to go right with him. And, and can, yeah. a black woman is president of ABC. I'm, I was about to say that too. Like, um, you know, the black one. So who that's going to land on? Right. So who's zooming who? Yeah. <laughs> Lord, they tried it though. They tried it. They tried the dog shit out of that one. I said, y'all is, y'all don't do Google at all. And you know, I'm gonna add one more thing to the prayer list because I saw it today. Um, when we were talking about you know having more black women writing for comics, the trolls came out. You know, they always want to come out talk about how why we care about black people now. Why you want to do this? Why it has to be like that? Well, can we be happy? For the fact that there's a black girl in the comic, it's 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 not it's more than that, it's more than that. We still want our equals due, as I said earlier in the in this cast. It's we want to see more of it, and there's nothing wrong with us demanding that. So I'm putting some of y'all on this list to get out of your box about, you know, having a diverse writing group, a diverse editing group, artists in comics. It should be if you can write about some damn space people. That you can have different people of of all backgrounds writing and creating the comics. This is ridiculous that we are still trying to say who who can write, who can draw comics. Um, we can't do that anymore. You can't do that anymore. It's too many people who are creative. So I'm putting you idiots on here who still think white men are the only ones who can tell stories and create art and create universes. That is just ridiculous. And we're going to prove you wrong every time. Right. Do you really want a white man, a straight white man, telling your story that he has no idea? That's just ridiculous. Nope. nope. All right. Well, I hope y'all got a feel today. That was a lot we gave y'all. Um, we got more coming on the way. Our Twitter is, is out there. Um, and we will have a site very soon. I'm excited to say our site is coming. Um um, I had a good conversation with WordPress, so we don't really have to pay that much at all. So that will be coming up very soon. We still may look into some other ones, but WordPress is free, and they have a very good you know system, so we'll check that out. But where can they find you, Nick, on these internets? You guys can find me at Instagram and Twitter at Porter Pizzazz, and you can also follow uh, Megashane at Megashane Pod. Yeah. Uh, where can the kids find you? They can find me on Twitter under Wonderman Five with two N's. Um, they can find me under Instagram as um, 
His name is Victor, and they can find me on Tumblr um, when Victor speaks. Um, and shout out to people who have <laughs> shout out to people who have sent me DMs. I appreciate uh, your um, thank you for your compliments. Um, I, I I won't be showing anything on DMs. I'm sorry, but I do appreciate y'all reaching out to me on DMs and giving me compliments. Uh, so I I do appreciate that. But I will not be um, sharing nudes. <laughs> but thank, thanks for th- right. thanks thanks for asking. No, I, it's funny. I I think um, it all started. I think after when, I think there was posting like the 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 black um, nerdy guys or when that was when that was a thing the trending. And, oh oh, I didn't participate in that. And um, I got. Um, some people hit me up and then I, and then another geeky site picked me up on Tumblr because I took a picture of my, like, we were, we were, this weekend we were at, um, Palm Springs and we went on, uh, there's this, um, sky, this is, this is sky aerial type of tram, which is beautiful. If, if you have to go there, it's really great. And I had on like a sleeveless shirt and some cut off shorts and apparently that worked for some people because they <laughs> were sending all types of DMs this weekend. So, but I wanted to say thanks. Um, I do appreciate the compliments and all that stuff. I just like to let them shoot their shot. Yeah, I'm. I'm just not gonna be, you know, <laughs> shooting it with you. <laughs> but I, I got some videos of people, you know, showing me what they got. Oh my god! And all that. So I was like, okay, um, I appreciate that, but you know, I I can't return the favor. But I'm a married woman. <laughs> yeah, you're a married woman. <laughs> And I'm a good Christian woman, you know. I can't do all of that. That's 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 only in that's in private. But <laughs> what's that Betty Wright said? You can't show your feet to every guy you meet, and that's what that's what I'm doing. I can't show. Okay, I'll write for that. <laughs> I can't. Yeah, that said, you see y'all next time. All right. <laughs> oh my goodness! I just told everybody about the DMs.